Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Loretta Sarah Todd, and we talk about her new film that she has adapted from a novel by Eden Robinson called Monkey Beach. Grace Dove was going to join us in this conversation, but what's what's even cooler than the three of us having a conversation together is that uh, there is also a conversation on Face to Face with Grace that's coming up in the very near future, if it hasn't already been published. So look for that, talking not only about Monkey Beach, but about her work and about reclaiming Indigenous identity and about the uh, Kiri, Kiri and the Dead Girl, uh, a new film that she is uh, working on and uh, will be, I think, coming soon to a digital theater near you. Uh, Loretta and I get into a whole lot. I mean, we, we, I mean, Loretta should be teaching a course, not only on film, but I think she should be teaching a, a course in philosophy and existentialism. I mean, we, we, I think she referred to herself as the semiotic princess, actually. We talk about alienation and impression. We talk about, you know, um, st- storytelling, really. And, and, and I mean, this is a, uh, a labor of love this film that she 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 clearly uh, so so much of her is is in this film we talk about staying ahead of the curve and about agency and about about the history of being displaced and uh, displaced and about how how do you make a place home and and what actually is indigenous storytelling and she talks about it being in the bones and about it being in the blood we talk about something called you know that that, that she refers to as elliptical and lyrical and 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 we and we talk about ways in isn't that lovely and narrative anchors and 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 this lovely phrase of hers the eddies of of despair and how breath is actually a life force and uh, boy, we cover a lot of ground, the delicate space we live in, learning journeys and, and how every place, you know, has, has a story. And, and it's a, it's a beautiful film. It's a historical piece. It's a, it's a love letter, I think, to, can I say this, um, a love letter uh, to, to 
to all of creation, to to all of uh, relationship and who we are and and this world that we exist in. I just recently interviewed uh, Shane Belcord about his his new series Amplify, and and he talks about this 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 sense of holistic creation and how we 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 need to be so much more aware uh, of the relationships that we have with everything and everyone. And I think that's really explored well uh, in the film Monkey uh, Beach as well. So stay tuned uh, for that co- conversation coming coming up in the in the, in the very near future with Loretta Saratod and, and uh, a film uh, that uh, was at TIFF, but also at Vancouver Film Festival and coming soon to a di- digital theater near you. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and speaking. And also you can learn... Uh, learn more there obviously but you can also purchase a copy of my book real changes incremental i would love that uh, and if you've uh, landed on this uh, interview and it's the first time you're here and even if it's not the first time you're here you may get here through itunes or or spotify or something along those lines if you do check us out on face to face face to face live.ca that's where we we exist uh, library value is significant. We've got over 530 interviews published there. We have a newsletter you can sign up for, and we can also advertise with us there as well. Uh, so reach out and, and ask us about that. You can advertise in the podcast, on the site, in the newsletter. There's a lot of different ways where our audience is growing. And I, I'm going to reach out to you now, uh, the listener, if if you're enjoying what you're hearing and, and what we're doing here, please, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be brilliant. The the more news, uh, the merrier out there. If, if you're listening on YouTube, give us give us a thumbs up. Uh, step in and and just take a few minutes to say say thanks and say hello in some way. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. Don't forget that. And just before uh, Loretta uh, joins us here, uh, Rabble.ca. I'm also hosted over there. Face to Face has been there for quite a few years now, uh, alongside of a whole lot of other thinkers and bloggers and posters and podcasters and writers, journalists, uh, um, news for the rest of us. So uh, check us out there as well. But uh, in the meantime, uh, stay tuned for a conversation about a new film uh, called Monkey Beach with Loretta Sarah Todd. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by a very special guest here with us today. Uh, we have a filmmaker, director, writer, producer, Loretta Sarah Todd is here today to talk about her new film, Monkey Beach. Loretta, thank you for taking the time today on this. Well, it's a beautiful Friday afternoon here in Toronto. What, what, what's it like for you? It's a beautiful afternoon here in Vancouver. Well, Gibson's you... actually where I live. So yes. And thank nice. you. Yeah, um, well, for... thank you. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for taking the time today to, to chat. And I'm 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 kind of in the middle of the Toronto International Film Festival, and all things COVID related are certainly making it uh, an an interesting experience to say say the least. And and your new film Monkey Beach is is going to be at the Vancouver Film Festival. Can can you can you give my listeners just a little bit of context uh, about the film and, and about how it kind of came together? And then I'd love to just dive right into some of the issues. Sure. Okay. Sounds great. And I'm just going to also remind, let you listeners know that we also are screening as part of the TIFF industry. So yes. So that's yes. exciting that will be happening on Sunday very, um, for industry and media. So, you know, very that, exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, and, congrat- and congratulations on the film, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. So there's been, it's a long, long story. It's a long, <laughs> I bet it long is. journey. Um, you know, it depends on where you want to start, but I guess I will start with, um, 
how it kind of came to be. Sure. So yeah. I was actually asked to, to um, direct a, a film based on another book um, by a producer who was in the process of trying to option that book. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to option it. But I had watched the process and I thought, oh, you know, I could see this. And there's a lot of books I would love to bring to screen. Um, so somewhere in there, I happened to be going to a, a media event in Vancouver. And while I was there, a producer came up to me whose name escapes me with this kind of COVID mind that sort of sunk in a little bit. And she said to me, gee, you should option Monkey Beach. And mm -hmm. I said, why? And she said, because your filmmaking is like her writing. Mm. So that was sort of like, oh, well, I'm intrigued. Now I have to go find the, get the book. So I went out and bought the book. And then even before I started reading it, I looked at the acknowledgments. And she, Eden Robinson, had acknowledged me in her acknowledgments for, you know, being an influence. And, you know, have, she had used one of my films for research for, for one of the characters in the book, but also, I guess, just people who she admired. So right. that also seemed very um, like a good sign. So then I reached out to her and she said, yes, she was be keen for me to try to option it. And then after that, I reached out to her agent. And from there, the process started. Um, I'd never done anything like that before. And of course, I had to bring my lawyer in eventually to help <laughs> with the process. Um, but we worked out a deal. And then the next step, which is really how to get the financing to be able to develop the film, um, at least at this point, you know, write scripts, um, you know, find find uh, people to support it, find people who want to be part of it. So I um, I eventually um, partnered with Jeff Bear, who is an Indigenous filmmaker and um, producer in his own right, and we had been friends. So I said, let's try to make this an all-Indigenous produced, directed, and written project. Um, so we set out to do that. We were, as most of my career has been, um, kind of ahead of the curve. This mm. was back in the early aughts. And though everyone was very supportive and encouraging, and um, from Greenberg and um, Telefilm and you know some of the broadcasters we approached, you know, it was a daunting task. It's a hmm. it's an epic book. It's an iconic book. It's has many many layers of story, and its way of storytelling is exactly as that woman described. It's, it, you know, in terms of the our styles, it's very elliptical. Um, it's dealing with many um, harsh realities, but harsh realities told within the context of um, people's lives, people's histories, communities' histories, the land, you know, the the, the framing it against, um, you know, thousands and thousands of years of, of uh, well, people living on that land. Loretta, as I'm listening to, I mean, this is a, this is a film about, about, and I often will, well, you know, I, I didn't tell you this, but I do a little blurb or a little bio intro before all of my my interviews that that I post usually right after I've finished having my conversations with uh, you know directors and actors and so on and 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 I mean this is a film about memory it's about history it's it's about pain and trauma and PTSD it's about the church it's a spiritual film it's 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 a it's an exercise in time and metaphor I mean there's just so much going on here I mean talk about a uh, an act of filmic juggling, you know. I don't know. Is that a phrase? Anyway, um, it's really quite remarkable what you pulled off. Well, it was 
it was also very painful because of those stories, right. you know, because of those histories. And of course, you know, I, you know, as every indigenous person is, has similar stories, you know, and, and has similar experiences. Um, but also as a filmmaker, how do you choose this part over that part? How do you sure. say I got to, and you know, in the beginning I wanted every part. I mean, it, how can I not, you know, this right, her right. life as a child, her life as a teenager, her life, you know, as a young adult, you know, her, her family's lives, the, the, the characters, the intersections of all these people's lives together. Um, and the histories that sort of precede them and, and, and how she can on one page and even one paragraph shift between all of those and do it so deeply and so beautifully and so lyrically and, you know, take us into those places of, of trauma and yet not be sensational and, mm. and exploitive of those. So, you know, how do I, how do I, you know, sort of uh, match that? How, how do I live up to that? And how do I capture the essence? Because of course, in the beginning, you know, our scripts were 150 pages long because really that's what, the bare minimum needed to be there you know my opinion as a filmmaker but the people saying well that's too long it's budget you know it's all these things so how do we how do i get to the essence how how do i find that essence of the story and that's something that you know has always been a, a challenge so so loretta i've studied philosophy for years you know and, and um you know and existentialism has had a real impact on me you know french and german existentialism and just this whole sense of being intentional and and how i am who i am in relationship to my kids and to my wife and to my friends and to the people i interact with and so on um the op one of the opening lines in the film i, I believe uh, lisa says to tabitha so, what what are you doing here Right, like right, right out of the gate, we've got this pretty big sort of metaphysical question, and then, and then for me, the the film, the film, and I've I've really found this theme in the last few years of 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 just finding our way back home, you know, and Lisa and Jimmy and and just all all of the the the, the history here. I mean, can you talk about that sense of home, that sense of community, and that just sense of I guess being here? I mean, those are pretty big questions and big. Uh, notions, but boy, I think you explore them beautifully in the film. Well, you're sort of going to really challenge me, aren't you? <laughs> I, I was when I was at film school. I was sort of like the semiotic, you know, princess. Mm. I, I was able to kind of. That's you know, a great phrase. Yes, yeah. I was able to kind of move very, you know, smoothly between all these, you know, critical theories and Marxism, and right? All right. these, you know, sort of Freudian stuff and all this stuff that was sort of like. De rigueur, you know, in the in the day of of film analysis, sure. um, but it's been a while, I have to say. Although I happened to write an article, an essay once, which actually kind of looked at that, tried to say what is the existential sort of journey within Western culture, you know, mm. drawing from the metaphor of the you know myth of the cave. Well, is ours the myth of the cave? You know, right. where does our stories? originate do they originate in that sense of alienation and oppression mm. and you know and and you know even though we have been oppressed and alienated because of western colonization and so on that's not where we first see ourselves you could you know I, and i started looking at the stories within sure. indigenous culture and, and there certainly is sort of some similarities you know there's the raven steals the sun and this idea of the trickster sort of bringing light bringing knowledge but there's a still a sense within Indigenous storytelling 
that, you know, how can I say, um, without sounding like an essentialist, because I used to always be accused of being <laughs> And an hey, listen, I, I was, you don't have to go all academic on I know, us but either. I was, I was you know, accused just, of being an essentialist for a long that's time. That's so, a, I love it. That yeah, was a group of us, you know, but, but, that, but you know, you know, it's in the bones, it's in the blood. Right. You know? Yeah, that's, and, oh, that's a great phrase. It's and, in the bones, it's in the blood. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, we don't need to be freed from the cave, you know, um, to be able to come, come to, to ourselves, to come to knowledge, mm, you know? Mm. And so that's something I think that, you know, you really see embodied in, in Eden, even though Eden's dealing with all this trauma and this colonial legacy. Um, there's always the sense that all her characters have agency. Now they may, mm never they may not overcome be able to overcome um that colonial legacy that trauma but there's still the sense that they have legacy i mean they have agency they have agency and um i think that was something that was really kind of critical and if you ask that question you know what are you doing here well that's that's the question of agency right and so um yeah i mean i think home has always um in some ways plagued me i mean i come from this sort of mixed background of metis who were always being displaced mm. we our whole history is about being displaced you know from the red river i'm one of the original our family's one of the original metis families we were displaced there we my family this went you know everywhere we went we were sort of displaced that fortunately a few a few along the line kind of married into some reses and you know became part of those territories but eventually my grandfather is at the Saint Paul de Métis, and he marries an Indigenous woman from the the the, the what, you know the White Fish Lake First Nations you know nearby, um, but then that land was displaced as well. So I have this whole kind of history of displacement in my own you know experience, and yet at the same time, how do you still find home? I mean, there's obviously how do you still make home, and and how do you carry home with you? And that's something that culture, that story, that that, um, you know, all the elements of who we are as a people, um, you know, transcend the material comfort of a home. But there's another part of home, and home is, is the land. So what mm. does that mean? Um, you know, what does that sort of, you know, and how does that play in our lives? And, you know, in the native, in the kind of the Plains way, because so I'm both, I consider myself both mighty and Cree. Um, in the Plains way, we say all my relations. All my relations is referring to this idea that I have a relationship with, is what I've been taught, anyways. Relationship with the rocks and the plants right. and the, right. you know all the beings that are alive and all and all are alive in in that in that space. So home has you know many many meanings, but at the same time, I've also made films that look very specifically at home. So when I made a film about um, with with the Kainai people about the return of some of their um, their uh, objects, you know, from another time. The film was basically structured around leaving home. Uh, it was, and then coming home. So that was sort of, and I did that looking at these objects that you know, were coming home. So I in think, the case I mean, of, yeah, sorry. I mean, I mean, I'm going no, off no, no, it's tangents, great. It's but I mean, so you know, to, it's to, great. Tangents are yeah, amazing. But to, I love get, them. But I love to get to Monkey Beach, to get to Monkey yeah. Beach, that's not my home. Right. So I'm not high slack. I, I never grew up in that territory. I'm I'm very fortunate in, in some ways, and un, I guess some people would say maybe unfortunate in others. But I ran away from home when I was when I was 13. I ran away to the west coast to Vancouver. So in a way, I've been more on these lands 
mm. uh, than I have been on the plains where I was, you know, born and, and made. Um, so I, I have a kind of a found a, a delicate way um, and a hopefully a good way to negotiate my, what is my relationship as a non-West Coast or non-Haisla person who's living in these people's territories. And what does that mean in terms of how I make my home here? So those were always kind of in the back of my mind. So as far as home, as far as um, when I'm in awe, I'm in awe of the of all Indigenous peoples everywhere who stand up for their home. Because they're mm. not just standing up for themselves. They're standing up for every blade of grass, every mm. every branch, every rock, every fish, every bug. I mean, that's, you know, everything that's there and all the bones of the ancestors who, you know, came before them. So, you know, in a way that sort of, as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, I'm responsible for, even if I'm not from that territory, I'm I'm responsible for honoring all aspects mm. of that when I, when I make a film it's- in the community. Loretta, it's so, I mean, it's about relationship. And for me, not all relationships imply respect, but, but I, I guess they should, if I can be prescriptive in the sense of, you know, your, your comment about, you know, everything, every living thing, every blade of grass, it's a beautiful phrase. And it's, isn't it, isn't that the way we should be stepping into our days? Right. And I mean, with all that's going on right now in the world, uh, COVID and race relations and, and, and the pushback and this politics of hate that we seem to see everywhere, Right. I mean, you don't have to read too far or too deeply on, on, on CBC or BBC or Al Jazeera to see it. Um, you know, can you talk about that, that, that sense of respect and, and relationship and, and, um, and I, I want to get to death too. I mean, you really do take on some uh, difficult issues in this film, but again, you do it in such a beautiful and, and, and cinematic way. Well, interesting because, um, Sorry, I've just, um, as far as, um, so you're going to have to ask me that question again. So just give me the context for it again one more time. So, so just the, the, the idea of, of, of relationship and, and being in relationship to everything and everyone else. And, oh, yeah. and, and we can talk about yeah, it existentially, no, right? We are who we are because I, I, of that, right? That respect. And yet so many of us don't go well, there, actually, right? I, when I was, when I was, sorry to over talk. Cost talk. No, no, go. When I was, um, I was fortunate so that, you know, I had this sort of strange life and, and somewhere, you know, along the line was able to be embraced and accepted by a lot of people here and started doing work in media way back in the day before I'd gone to film school or anything. And I remember meeting with a beautiful um, elder, Mary Uslick, who's passed away. And I remember her saying, she was a healer, saying how she, every day she woke up, she went out and she thanked the cedar and she thanked the sun and she thanked the air and she thanked the water. And, you know, think how differently our lives would be if every day we all did that because it's humbling Mm -hmm. and it's also puts you into a different consciousness. And so you can't just go clear cut every forest because you've just thanked that forest for its life, you know, for what it does, not just because it's pretty, but because it provides a, you know, a, a habitat for, for you know, other things that need to thrive within that habitat. So there's so much um, in terms of relationship, and I think, um, I think in a way, when you think about it in Monkey Beach, a lot of what the trauma is, the trauma is the oppression, mm-hmm. the trauma is the um, 
But the trauma is also the severing of those relationships. I mean, they really want us to not have a relationship to land, to all our relations. They don't want us to have relationships with one another. I mean, even, you know, they divide us all the time, you know, within the arts community and the film community, all that. There's just all these kind of ways in which, um, you know, and, and, and it affects non-Indigenous people too. It's a, it's a culture that is always about fracturing, always about creating, you know, um, smaller and smaller enclaves and, and elites and so on. So there's never this idea of expansiveness of everybody being, you know, in the circle and part of the circle. So in a way that there's this, you know, Monkey Beach is kind of a revisiting of, of these um, severings of mm. these relationships and ultimately, you know, including, you know, um, Lisa's, you know, sort of like, severance from that power that she has that supernatural power that she has and you know how how it has to kind of be restored um so yeah i do i do think if we lived if we lived with that very simple act of giving mm. thanks every day for everything how different culture would it's it, it reminds me of the lesson it reminds me of lesson number one of you know contacting the dead what does it concentrate on nothing and everything at the same time it isn't isn't that kind of what what's necessary in order to give thanks in a in a more intentional way? Yeah, I, I think it's so. A, it's wonderful. I think so for sure. Yeah, there's definitely a. It's it seems like an act of is certainly if not prayer, is certainly an act of meditation of of of, and just and and for me, you know, to, but but just personally, what I took from the film this act of of just being just being more present. Right. And, and I love the moment when I, I think, remind me if this is true or not, but I think when Jimmy and Lisa meet again for the first time, I think she says to him, you're safe. And he responds, no, you're safe. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that's like, that's the essence of this story, right? That to me, uh, and, and yet so layered and, and so nuanced and just so complex on, on so many levels. How, how, so you read the novel, um, you, 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 how do you start into a script like this? I mean, was it was it a more of a community thing for you, or were you did you just sort of lock yourself in a room and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer this out over the next several months? You know, we first asked Eden to to write the script, and she was very keen to do it. But as for the more she got into it, the more she realized she couldn't revisit that world that she interesting. Know, she okay. had struggled. Like, it's not easy, you know. I mean, you mm -hmm. can imagine. So when she went to write it, she said, "I just I can't revisit it. It just." It's just too painful, you know, because she, you know, those characters come alive for her, you know, so she's, she's with them again. And, um, so, so, so we tried. And so then I took it on and, um, you know, I, I, you know, I thought I did okay job and I kept trying to kind of move the project forward. And each time we would take it back to telefilm and they would say, well, it's almost there. It's almost there. So, you know, we kept trying to, um, get to where we wanted to go. Um, and by that point we're starting to run out of money. And um, now we have to find what can we do, like how can we take it further so that, you know, we can get, uh, you know, more support. So this is where Jeff and I kind of had a, you know, creative, this, um, what's the word, um, kind of falling out. But, you know, it was amicable, it was respectful, and he wanted to go one direction with the writer, mm. and I wanted to go another oh, that's direction be pretty hard. with the writer. And so we, we you know, we, we decided that, you know, we would, we would, you know, you know, part ways, which, you know, I mean, I, I, I respect him a lot as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, as a, a producer, and, you know, all 
only love and you know respect for him and, and his, his his family and people he works with. Um, so somewhere in there, that happened. So then I had to I took it on again um, on my own, and I had to I had to leave. We had kind of maxed out what development money we could get. So now it was, can I find writers who are prepared to work with what I've already done mm. um, and see if we could take it closer to what we need to do? So I brought on these two writers, Johnny Darrell and Andrew Duncan, who were friends, really, and who knew I had no money, but were excited about the opportunity to be able to actually um, collaborate and try to create the script. And I think what's really good about them, especially because they have this history. They're both animation directors and work in animation a lot. Um, they have a good sense of structure. And I think that's what was kind of missing because, you know, I'm in love with the elliptical. I'm in love with the lyrical. I'm in love with mm. with just, you know, um, letting the story flow and eddy and, and, you know, not necessarily have to adhere to the plot points and, and the things that, you know, obviously give comfort to to um financers but also give you know it, it to be respectful of the viewer also give viewers anchors you know ways in right you know? sure yeah so that was what we did we, we we they they then sort of said okay we'll take this and see what we can do with it and and you know we had our creative differences i didn't want to go too dark because i feel like i have seen so many dark indigenous films that need to be told i'm not that's you know those stories need to be told and those people have uh, have the what it is whatever it is that they need whatever medicine that they need to be able to go there but for me I wanted something where at the end of the film um, you know young indigenous women and all indigenous women and indeed every all women can stand up and say I want to be like Lisa I can be like mm. Lisa. And well, ultimately, it's ultimately it's a story of hope and healing, really, yes, isn't it? Yes, exactly, exactly. I think that um, I didn't want to kind of stay in the eddies of despair. Um, you, you know, mm. I I wanted to be able to show. I mean, the other thing I wanted to do too is the fact that so here is a woman who here is a woman with what you know I sometimes call like who has medicine. You know, I don't want to say medicine man because that's something that, you know, has been used derogatory and misunderstood. But here's a woman who has medicine. She has this medicine to be able to go to this place of death. And, 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 but she goes, but so what does that mean? What does that mean to her people? What does that mean to her? What does that mean to, you know, her family? And so to me, that was a journey that, women have been going on going on in indigenous communities for thousands and thousands and thousands and you know you know years and generations so that story ha- happened sometime in another time not in the context of colonization not in the context of the traumas that we're going through now but in the time where someone had to come to terms with their power and we'll go on again in a thousand years. There will be another Lisa who has to go go come to terms with her power. And so, what was important for me is to try to capture the that and the I don't want to say endless, but the that that that's a well to your word existential journey, right? Mm. An existential journey within indigenous context because she has a very unique supernatural power, but 
within the indigenous sense that we all have a, some medicine that we carry right. and that yeah, that absolutely. medicine is intended for protection to keep the people safe. And um, that's kind of the journey that I sort of set hope to set Lisa on in terms of the film. I love I love the notion that we all carry with us some kind of medicine and, and what that might be is, you know, obviously up for discussion and conversation, but I really do love that notion. Um, you know, there's a great, I mean, there's so many great lines in the film and I want to talk about something karaoke says right near the end because I'm, you know, I'm kind of at, uh, on my on my podcast and the people I interview, I'm all about that sort of call to action. I consider myself, you know, a bit of an activist, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but, but um, and I think Lisa says to, 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 um, Oh, I can't remember who she says it to, but how do you breathe deep with meaning? Oh, like yes. this is a very profound <laughs> question, and I think it's beautiful, and it's it's like worth the price of admission, Loretta. You know, oh, to, to walk to to walk out of the theater ruminating on that is is that, that that takes a lifetime. It seems to me. I don't know if you've ever practiced yoga, you know, or or meditating, you know, or be, how, how do you, how can we be present? You know, how do we do it with meaning? I just I think it's wonderful. Can you tell me a little bit around that where, where that came from? Is that well, right out of the book? I, you know, or? You're going to try my try my brain to remember if it comes from the book or from some of the lines. We took literally took lines right from the book, right? Mm. Just like. And then there are of other course. Lines. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. And then the, and, and then there are other lines that were added. Um, you know, the land of the dead. You know, contacting the dead kind of thing. Some of that's direct. Some of that I wrote. Um, so 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 I can't remember that if that one I at this point just because my brain's a little you know COVID fried. But um, <laughs> but at the same time, um, it's a beautiful line, and it's actually her grandmother who speaks it to her. Mm, yes. Yes. And so it's it's something. And, you know, as you're saying that, it's actually, when you think about it, when you think about all the healers hmm. and in the traditional way, they use breath. They, sure. use, they use breath a lot. And when you think about, um, when you think about even song in the traditional sense, in the native sense, um, and the, in the drum, you know, there are also expressions of breath and heart. So basically life, right? the life force. I mean, I think that's the thing that, um, you know, in all indigenous ways, and I think in all cultures, but just, you know, they, some of them have been kind of gotten tied up in knots by, you know, the the other sides of, of Christianity, you know, the, the sort of sure. the shame-based culture that sort of been, you know, evolved out of it. But in any case, this idea of breath, this idea of how breath um, is our life force and how every day when, again, those elders get up to give thanks, they give thanks for their breath. And mm. they use breath in song. They use it, and song is used as healing. And they use breath in, in healing. Um, and even just, you know, the, the healing ceremonies that use the, the, the you know, the flaps of the feathers of, of eagles and stuff is a form of breath. Sure. So there's a, a, a sense of, and, you know, and our people, you know, having done coyote science about indigenous science, the Tilton series, our people were aware of, you know, this, you know, the breath of the forest, you know, the breath of the ocean that, you know, there was a symbiotic relationship that was there, but that was achieved. It's interesting. You know, and, and, yeah. and so Leroy Little Bear is a, 
one of my mentors, if you like, and he says, you know, that this space we live in, this very delicate space we live in, Mm. how magnificent it is, because if you try to hold your breath too long, you no longer are a part of it. Mm. So breath is, yes, very, very, very critical. I love, I love that. It's beautiful. I love the breath of the ocean, the breath of the forest, the breath of, you know, whatever. I think the, the implication for me is everything's alive. We're in relationship to everything. It's just this reminder once again of, of, of respect of how we treat others and, 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 and how we only know ourselves, you know, in relationships, uh, in relationship to those, you know, those, those very things. Uh, we got to wrap it up in a few minutes here, uh, uh, but I, I, I want to, um, uh, karaoke has a, a wonderful a line and remind me if it's not her, but I think at, uh, near the end uh, she's talking with Leon. and I hope we're not giving too much away here, but she says something about everyone looking away and, and it's about time someone did something. It's not, it's not what you've done. It's what you do, I believe. And I might be mixing up a couple pieces of dialogue there, but I just, once again, that takeaway, that call to action, is that what you're, would you say that's the big hope for you with monkey beach that, I'll walk out of the theater I'll, or, or having watched it on uh, Crave. I believe it's coming in November, by the way. We'll talk about that before we wrap up. Um, is it about hope? Is it about healing? Is it about history? It is, is, it about, is it about educating me, the viewer? You know, I, I'm, I'm imagining it's about way more than just one thing, but I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts on that, Loretta, you know, before we close. What's interesting about Ian's book is that when she takes you on his learning journeys, when she mm, takes you into nice. these places, like, you know, this is the Kitlo, this is, and she right. gives you stories that are attached to that place. I mean, when I, when she and I went up to the real monkey beach with her dad and her cousin, you know, all along the way, he told us stories all the way. And this is where the Haidas did this. And this is where mm. we did this. And this is where, nice. and then, you know, some of them are ancient stories. Some of the things that happened with him, you know, in his own life. So every place has a story. And, um, and so I think that to me, was kind of at the core of a lot of this is that's why it was important for me to make the film there that you know these stories inhabit every space um mm, and that good. we have to sort so of honor good. those stories and honor those places and that's sort of the, the core of the healing i didn't want it to be i didn't want it to be where i have to educate white people about residential school i don't have to educate people they people they, White people, Canadians, non-Indigenous Canadians, that's your job, you know. Like right, I remember right. a friend of mine right. who came from, who came from um, Trinidad, you know, great filmmaker and producer Selwyn Jacobs, and he said, "I hope he doesn't mind me saying this," but he said, you know, he came from Trinidad, and of course he was colonized as well, you know. Um, but he came from Trinidad, and he said within a couple of years he quickly figured out. This was in the sixties, seventies. Quickly figured out about residential schools. And mm. so I don't know when all these Canadians who say, well, I've never heard of residential schools. I can't believe it. I don't know how this ever right. happened. Well, I it's love like, how you say yeah. it's your job. It's great. Talk about responsibility. I've interviewed Selwyn, by the way, Loretta. Yeah, he's a lovely I, man. And, you know, it, he is, it's, yeah, it's, a few years back. And it's really, it's, I mean, that's, so that's, I didn't want to burden that, this, like, that I didn't want to take away from Lisa's journey, that mm. journey that's ancient, that's, and will be, and, and will be, you know, ancient again, you know, for right. generations in the future, because it's, it's a healing journey, but it's a healing as she heals herself, she heals, she, she's also bringing healing to the community. So I think that was really, really critical to me that that so we're dealing with trauma, we're dealing with the effects of, 
of abuse. We're dealing with the effects of, of um, secrets um, in communities and not just indigenous communities. I mean, you know, I mean, I think one of the, the, the dirty little secret of Canada is, you know, how not just the Catholic church, but the fundamentalist Christian churches, the bad things that go on within there that somehow get, you know, brushed under the carpet all the time because, well, you know, they're white, but, um, but nonetheless, somehow, you know, it's just, um, but anyways, that's another story. Um, it, it is in, in another, another podcast, but one we need to take, yeah. we need to take heat of, right. And yeah. we need, and I think your comment about that's your job is perfect. I mean, it's time to peel back the layers and I, and, and I think that's what, what monkey beach does. I think the book does that the film does that. And I, I love too, how you talk about how, how other filmmakers who might've made darker stories, that's, that's part of their medicine, right? That's part and, of their medicine, but my maybe medicine, that's the takeaway, right? For for all but, of us. Yeah, all. my medicine is different. My medicine, I think, yes, has always been to give hope, and and, and I've been mm, criticized for that. Nice. The very first film I made, The Learning Path, back in the day, I had a, I didn't have as nice nice enough a nice publicist as Nicola <laughs> to work with, <laughs> and so I had this publicist going around with with me to do different interviews, and we're waiting between interviews and in a, it's outside an office and, and uh, why we're talking. She says, well, you know, that's not really the way it is. And I said, what? I said, she says, you keep talking about hope. She says, that's not really the way it is in your mm. community. She said, you know, it's just poverty and, and it's just abuse and it's alcoholism and all the kind of stuff. And I said, I said, excuse me. I said, I asked every elder in that film that I made, what kind of film do you want to make? And they all said a hopeful film. Mm. When I made Forgotten Warriors, so I asked all the veterans in the film, what kind of film do you want to make? And they said a hopeful film. When I asked every single film I've ever made, I've always asked the people in the film, and, the indigenous, and they've all been you know, indigenous people, what kind of, they've always said hopeful. No matter what we've been through, the hell we've been through, our people continue to be hopeful because they know we're guided by the land, they're guided by our ancestors, they're guided by, you know, the blood and the bones, and, you know, that has to give us hope. So those are the kinds of films that I want to make, because I don't want another Indigenous girl to feel shame. I don't want another Indigenous girl to feel like she's not worthy. I want every Indigenous girl and young woman to feel, I have medicine, and that's the thing I want them to take away. Yes, we still have battles. Yes, the systemic battles, there's still racism, there's still, there's still, you know, we're, we're, we're still being murdered and still being killed. And we're all these things that happen in our communities, uh, police are still shooting us. Um, you know, the horrors that we have to go through, you know, on a daily basis. And yeah, I wanted people to know that they have medicine and Lisa has medicine. They have medicine. Medicine and hope. It's a, it's a, well, you, you, thank you for your time today. I mean, I've so enjoyed our conversation, Loretta. I, I mean, talk about barely scratching the surface, you know, I, I, for me, it's a sign of a great conversation. It's a sign of a great film. You, yeah, thank you. Thank you uh, for, for taking the time today. Perhaps there's a part two in our future. Uh, tell us real quickly though, September 24th, uh, Vancouver International Film Festival, uh, coming up, uh, going to be on Crave in November, I believe. Is that right? Sometime in November. Yeah. Sometime in November. So look. And then it will okay. also um, be streaming on CBC and APTN will also be broadcasting it um, after the Crave um, broadcasts. And, you know, we'll continue. The other beautiful thing about being screened in BC at the Vancouver Film Festival is that they're showing it in theaters. 
COVID safe theaters of 50, but they're also bringing it out to theaters outside of Vancouver. So oh, we'll, be, we'll be screening in Terrace, which is close to Kitimat. And so the people who were in the film who work um, could come from Kitimat to go to Terrace to see it. And then also we had people in Terrace who worked in the film and Prince Rupert. And then uh, they're also showing it around in other places in, in, in BC, but I can't remember all of them right now. But they're you know small independent theaters around the pro- around the province. Well, what's beautiful is we can actually say that uh, Monkey Beach is coming soon to a theater near you again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if <laughs> they'll ever get into the big theaters. I mean, maybe that's right. It's been a little while, right? Maybe a, big, a distributor will pick it up, and who knows? Maybe we'll get a big release, but. But really what's important is to get out to the people. And um, we had hoped to do it in Kitimat, but because of COVID, um, we can't do an interior Mm. um, um, exhibit show. And and because of the weather, um, we can't do an outdoor. So Terrace is the closest we could come to actually doing. We had tried, we had thought about doing a drive-in. We really wanted to do a drive-in, but it's expensive. So Right, right. So maybe, Limit. maybe some other thing. I keep, I keep opportunities and limitations. But yeah, it's, it sounds exciting. And congratulations again on the film. We've been talking to uh, Loretta Saratog hey, today. You, if you can enjoyed. I add one more beautiful. Yeah, please. I yeah, just go want ahead, to add a beautiful shout out to all my cast. They're, oh, you know, there you go. Yeah, they are the most. You know, all my crew. I mean, they're, they're Sterling Bancroft and you know, it was amazing cinematographer. But, but all the crew, lots of Indigenous crew, Some a lot of Indigenous crew in from Bank, from Kitimat and from Terrace, and Prince Rupert, and all the beautiful cast. It was really, really amazing, and um, they just gave so much of themselves. It was twenty day shoot, so it was a lot. We all had to drive, you know, fly or drive up there. It's eighteen hour. 20 hour drive from Vancouver. So it's, it's not an easy place to get to. And so, and some of them even wanted to stay. Grace said she wanted to stay there. It's so beautiful. Um, and we were so welcomed by the high school nation and all the people in Kitimat. So big shout out and a lot of love to them. Um, but I really feel like, I think there's something to be said. Sometimes I think um, I'm not a kid. You know, I won't. I can't, can't pretend I got a body walk behind, but work behind me. But I think there's sometimes undervalued that um, what a, a a person who's lived the life that I've lived brings to directing. And mm. I think I like to think that, in addition to my kind of what should I say, my my my. I, want, I hate to put it to use sophistication because it makes it sound like I'm bragging. But in addition to <laughs> in addition to my knowledge, it's okay if you do. My, in addition to my knowledge with the camera, um, my, you know, my kind of not even I wouldn't say love affair, but my sort of um, respect for the camera and and, and cinema. Um, I also have great respect for the actors because they're storytellers, mm. and so I have Absolutely. to you know respect their breath. I have to respect you know their relationship to their own bodies where you know their own stories inhabit and i said this in another interview but i'll just say it quickly when i made a documentary about the late chief dan george and i was lucky enough to talk with arthur penn who directed him in little big man and we talked about the 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 because i brought it up i said there seems to be because i had studied a little bit about the actor's studio and i'm always trying to increase my craft as a as a director so studying i studied acting i studied you know cinematography all these things you need to help you be a better director but i said to him i thought that there was some parallels between oral storytelling and the actor's studio system because of this idea of being in the moment you know yes. and inhabiting the moment and 
And I tried as much as possible to give the actors that space to be in that moment and for their breath to really drive their performance. And, it's le- you know. Loretta, it's le- isn't it lesson number one again? Concentrate on nothing and everything, everything at the same yes. time. <laughs> <laughs> and Chief Dan George, oh man, you know, there's a guy who understood the power of breath, it seems to me. In, 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 oh yeah, in energy. All, it's all energy. It's variations. Yeah. It's all energy. Yeah, it's yeah. All energy. Loretta, thank you so much. What yeah, a pleasure uh, uh, chatting with you today. Loretta, Sarah Todd and her new film, Monkey Beach. Make sure you get out and see it. Please leave us a review here. We've been talking to Loretta today on Face to Face. Loretta, thanks again. Enjoy the festival going to be some Q&As coming up and uh, what a pleasure Uh, thanks thanks for your time and to you as well thank you so much hi hi and take care even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about Quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance as america's number one finance destination yahoo finance has everything you need whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.